Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. My name is Michael Smith, and I am the host of the show. I'm not here alone today. I have a guest for you, all the way from, you could say, my home country, Ireland. I get in trouble sometimes. My mother is fully Irish, and my dad is half Irish. Therefore, I'm three quarters Irish. However, until 2020. Two, I'd never been to Ireland. My guest today is a gentleman by the name of Adrian McDonnell. He, as he talks us through, was enjoying a pretty typical kid's life, eating all of the rubbish food that they're fed or that's marketed towards them. But he got to a stage where he realized he was what some of you might have heard of or some of you might have been classified as or referred to as he got to a realization that he was in fact skinny fat a contradiction of terms as adrian explains to us he also explains how he got over it through it around it some of the key considerations when it comes to nutrition and also some of the key considerations in order to stick with your nutrition and not get sucked into crazes, dieting fads, or negatively influenced by things you might see in the media or on Netflix. This week's show announcements. Obviously, what's very important is I give you an update on what I told you about at the start of last week's show announcements, which was the snake on the beach. Since the recording of last week's show, no, I have not been bitten by a snake, but I have learned that that snake that I had a picture of that I put on my Instagram was actually alive. It wasn't dead. And that snake was later, I wouldn't say captured, but rescued by the people that rescue snakes. And it was taken to an animal hospital where it was further revived and apparently is now doing quite well, which is good. And I'm very glad that it didn't do well by eating me. A little bit ironically, really, before... I took a picture of the snake. There was a lady who used a dog poo bag to get water from the ocean to put it on the snake. I'm not sure what the hell she was trying to do, whether she was trying to revive it or what she was trying to do, but I think she's exceptionally lucky that the snake didn't hop back to life and or come around and bite her. So the moral of this story is, and why I share this, is that not every snake that looks dead is actually a dead snake. So if you're in Australia or if you're anywhere near a snake or you can probably apply the moral of that story to a number of different animals. They might not always be dead. They might just be pretending. So please be careful. Anyway, back on to this week's show announcements. Pure strength. If you are looking to get stronger in a specific strength focused program, then you need to be at the gym on Wednesday evenings to do that. We have a class called Pure Strength. It runs at 6.30 to 7.30 on a Wednesday evening. It is led by, perhaps, arguably, although Andy might argue differently, and Milosh also might argue differently, but probably one of the strongest or the strongest coach that we have. It is the new Toby Buckland, which I saw the other day. He has snatched 140 kilos. Snatch. I'm not talking about his deadlift. I'm talking about what the guy can pull off the floor and put overhead in the snatch. If you want to get... So he's pretty freaking strong. If you want to get strong, reach out to Toby or just book him through MindBody. 
6.30 on a Wednesday to Pure Strength. He is kicking off a six-week and a 12-week, which is part of the same thing. First block is a six-week, and then there's another six-week, and it's a whole part of a 12-week block of strength training, which complements what you may be doing in class. If you are overseas and you want to know more about that, then just give him a shout, tb at innerfight.com. He would probably quite like to hear from you. If you are interested in going on a trip within a fight endurance we are going to amsterdam marathon we've spoken about this a little bit before but we are 12 weeks out from amsterdam marathon now and there's a way that you can get an entry if you don't have one which you can apply to repurchase one from another runner who can't make it and apparently we have some clients who have done this and apparently there are some people out there i think in different facebook groups or stuff like that who are selling their entries to Amsterdam Marathon. If you don't, and half marathon as well, there's a marathon and a half marathon. If running isn't your thing, but you just want to come for what I would say is probably a junket, then you are more than welcome as well. We do have some supporters, some non-runners who will be coming over to that. We are 12 weeks out from Amsterdam Marathon. If the run or just the holiday tickles your fancies, give us a shout, come and enjoy it with us each week on the website and if you're on our mailing list you will get it i put out a message called the inner fight way sometimes it is just my thoughts often i try and relate them in some way or they are related in some way to what is going on in the business or in life generally if you're not getting that email you can see it on the website innerfight.com slash news. And I want to quickly read, sorry, this this week's announcements are a little bit long. You can skip to the start of the show if you really want, but just have a quick listen to this if you have an extra couple of minutes. Would you eat it? Would you eat it and why? Take your rational brain in a super calm, non-hungry state and ask this question to any foods that you have or may eat. Apply the same to any food you may give to your kids if you have them. We're all pretty well educated as to what is good for us and what is junk, but often we go against the grain. The result is simple. We look, feel, and perform crap. Make good decisions this week, and every week really, but that's not in the article. Don't become another obesity stat because you're ignoring the knowledge you already have. No weakness, Marcus. If you like that kind of stuff, hop over to the website every week innerfight.com slash news but think about that one would you eat it we will get on with this week's show this is episode number 824 of the inner fight podcast skinny fat with adrian mcdonald enjoy the show Adrian, all the way from Ireland, referred to each other by the main man, Brian Keen Fitness. Mate, welcome to the show. Marcus, absolute pleasure to be on. Big fan of yours, big fan of the podcast, and also uh, we have a mutual friend of Brian Kane, so <laughs> it always helps. <laughs> this is going to be good, mate. What, mate, people have been lured in by the title Skinny Fat. What is it, mate? What's it all about? Oh, I mean, skinny fat, it's kind of like, uh, it's it's a hard one, Marcus, because how can you simultaneously be skinny and fat at the same time? <laughs> Yet that was how I looked for the first 19 years of my life. Right. Now, if you were to reflect back on my lifestyle, there was probably a reason I looked this way. 
I can relate. So I listened back to one of your podcasts and I had to I had to laugh when you mentioned about the tuk-tuk shop and the sweets and that you always had a sweet tooth <laughs> growing up because, man, I was the exact same. So first of all, my diet, it was just mostly eating that sugar, eating that junk food growing up. Yeah. I was doing lots and lots of cardio. So I wanted to play GA back here in Ireland or Gaelic football. So it's primarily just running cardio, cardio, cardio. And this got me to a point where, you know, um, growing up in school, Mark, so I wouldn't have had much of an appetite. I, um, at any time, my, my parents would have given me sandwiches. They would, they, they may not have come home, but they didn't go into my mouth either. I would have thrown them away. It had to have chocolate. I had that sweet tooth all grown up. And I guess I got to a point, Marcus, where when I was a teenager, if you looked up skinny in a picture dictionary you probably would have seen a photo of me but this lifestyle then i i went to college and it wasn't long when i went from being skinny fat or skinny to skinny fat from just drinking alcohol having pizza having takeaways and i guess that just got me to a point where where i wanted to change and hence the skinny fat specialist and and i haven't looked back since mate are you were you in like when i think about it when aren't all kids don't all kids love chocolates mate <laughs> i don't think i was out of the norm there again yeah. i feel i just carried it right through though to uh maybe my my later teens when i should have started eating more like an adult <laughs> i mean let's <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit mate and and obviously you know we're probably not gonna fix the child obesity crisis that we're really quite deep into now but i'm interested to get your thoughts mate from waking up i mean i remember as a kid cocoa pops absolutely 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock sort of uh, snack break at school the best case scenario was nutella on bread when they gave oh. us apple you know what's your thoughts on on the way that we're feeding kids these days Oh, well, Brian and I are also alike in that we're both um, primary school teachers formerly. So I, I would have seen it firsthand. Now, a lot of the schools do have like a healthy eating policy, but yeah. the problem is it only lasts inside the four walls of the school and then it seems to go in one ear out the other. I think a huge influence on this uh, like completely topic aside is the parents itself and the parenting. Yeah. A leader knows the way, a leader shows the way. And if you're if, if you want your kids to eat healthy and have a healthy lifestyle. Yes, you're the one getting takeaways. You're the one filling the presses with these foods. They're just going to model what you're currently doing. So I think it actually starts with the adults and it will it will trigger down to the children. Obviously, there is going to be some element of just having some chocolates, but I think the, the real emphasis should be on educating the adults and that will then carry through to the children. I think you're right, mate. But I also think there's a lot of there's a lot of marketing that's aimed at children and plays a lot on sort of kids' emotions and you know, and then I, I always think about this, like if you're not giving your kids what the other kids are having, then what are you opening up to? Bullying, letting them feel like the odd one out and all, all those things start to come into play, don't they? Yeah, that is a that is a fair point. I guess, like everything, even with with, uh, with a lot of the clients, I'm sure you and I, uh, you and I, coach Marcus, it's just getting that balance right and 
provided you're more 80 20 90 10 with the mutual intent there are always room for those uh, for the chocolates for the sweets that we all right yeah. that we all love right but uh it's it's just really about getting that balance and that moderation i like the way you're super super diplomatic mate you know that's that's what i try and do on this show is not be diplomatic at all but you've i've got the next 45 minutes to warm you up adrian and to get you to say hey, something I, rude I, I'm to only someone warming up. exactly exactly that's so, uh, it, it wasn't go ahead say what you're gonna say mate no no honestly like it, it is a hard one because you do see firsthand at kids at school that would like you know have the the carrot sticks chopped and people are kind of looking at them saying what's wrong with this guy or what's wrong with this fella and yeah. you can almost tell like that they're talking about them behind their back so that is a hard one to kind of grasp but on the flip side you can't just demonize foods either and just tell kids this food is absolutely bad because yeah. you know that's just developing a bad relationship food with food right from the off foods do not have morals there is no necessarily good or bad food. There's high calorie, low calorie, low nutrient, high nutrient. But mm. it's really just, I feel, the, the the ratios that we're having these in. And I think this, like developing that good relationship right from the off carries through. Because if someone is scared of having foods when they're younger, that's just going to spiral to when they're older and potentially have like eating disorders. Um, you know, you hear a lot of teenage girls now, they're 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 idolizing all these models and they're basically not eating anything at all. They're forcing themselves to get sick because that is what they think is healthy, just having that skinny body. So I don't feel there's any right or wrong answer as such to this, but I do think education is certainly the way forward. Would you say, mate, we're in a little bit of a deeper crisis than actually we believe or is publicized when it comes to the way as a human race we are now eating oh as a whole absolutely i mean marcus when you go into the when you go into supermarkets it is so so tactical isn't it man yeah how how they're laid out like you're in dubai i was actually in dubai for two months there but every supermarket whether it's dubai dublin um anywhere across the world yeah it's almost like it starts out where they have the fruit they have the the vegetables what does that do it reinforces that okay i'm gonna start out eating quote-unquote healthy and filling the trolley with healthy food oh do you know i put in some broccoli some cauliflower some carrots there <laughs> some fruit geez i made a lot of healthy choices yeah. time to treat myself then you slowly get into the bakery and then, okay, the bakery, I might throw in this croissant and that croissant. And then you get into the sweet aisle and you've got the cocoa pops. And, you know, your mentality is just like a lot of people's mentality. Well, I've already started out with the healthy, so now I'm just treating myself. But where does it end then? Mm. Um, one of the best pieces of advice that I, I heard a dietitian say is shop the perimeters shop the perimeters that's where you're going to get mostly the lean protein the clean greens the veggies um and then if you need to go into the danger aisles the middle aisles only go there with the freaking list so you know exactly what you're getting <laughs> it's super interesting adrian the way the way that you've put it there mate and what actually flicks to my mind is i wonder if we can because we're seeing a lot and i noticed this i was in europe the other week there and there every food and drink has a 
I think it's a score, either A, B, C, D, or one, two, three, four, five on it. You probably know more about yeah. this than I do. What, what's uh, the system? I, I, I'm actually not too well well versed on. I I do see that. I I, I haven't really taken much notice of it. But go on. Well, and it's not dissimilar to I think a lot of restaurants, definitely in in the UK. They have they're being forced now, or they were being forced to put put calories on it. What I'm, as you explain the supermarket, what I have in my mind, the ideal scenario, and I I remember this from a while back, is where alcohol in a supermarket, you had to go into this zone. So I, unless you were 18, and that that's all changed as well. I'm, I'm just sort of casting my mind around a little bit, but that's changed a little bit. But what I what I would dream of, and maybe you've got some thoughts of, is the areas that you highlighted as the good areas are free to roam. And then the areas where the foods are not so great, the chocolate aisle. I imagine you go into the chocolate aisle and it goes, roo, roo. <laughs> you know? Do you think we could get yeah, to something I like that, mate? Yeah, maybe like some kind of a time limit that, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're only in here or, or just a uh, portion allowed, rational out that you're only allowed X number of products. It's or, or have time zones because uh, I know an alcohol here in Ireland, you can only get it at certain times of the day. Yeah. Um, even in even in off license, they don't open 24 hours. Um, and on Sunday, they, they open a bit later. So That's right. um, yeah, you could definitely rationalize that, man. I, I, I'd vote for you, Marcus. I think we should join forces. <laughs> Mate, you're the nutrition man. I'm just the, uh, I'm just throwing a little bit of petrol on, on, on the fire here for you, mate. Just, but, just. <laughs> but I mean, it, when we think about it in a, in really more, like you brought up alcohol there, more people are dying due to diabetes than they are to alcohol. However, the service of alcohol around the world is a lot more restricted than the service of sugar. Mm. Yes, uh, f- fair point, yeah. And sometimes though, they're not necessarily, sometimes they can actually go together, if you understand what I mean, yep. because what do people what do people tend to eat a lot of when they are drinking alcohol? Yeah. You know, you might have the pre-alcohol munchies and that's where the, the crunchy bars, that's where the Oreos come in. And then a lot of people, it's not the night out, it's not the alcohol, it's what they do the next day. Yeah. The fry in the morning, the takeaway, the comfort food in bed. And that's again where these foods are, are coming in, That that's where those cravings come in. So it'll be interesting to actually see how many people who fall into both brackets of the alcohol and the just the the diabetes the sugar if there's much of a correlation there because they're uh they're they're definitely linked marcus (laughs) i'm not sure if you and i are gonna put out the new legislation for supermarkets adrian so let's hop back mate skinny fat you said it's a little bit of a contradiction of terms try and describe to us how does it feel how does it look being skinny fat it's no if if in your clothes you might feel skinny and if if you were walking down the street no one would ever classify you as being overweight right no one would say god you know this guy that girl they're completely out of shape but yet when you take your top off you just have that stubborn layer of belly fat that stubborn fat typically around your tummy, around your waist, so you cannot shift, and you lack a lot of muscle across your entire body. Right. 
So no. you've a higher than normal amount of body fat, but then simultaneously just a lower than normal amount of muscle mass. And I'm not shaming anyone who is skinny fat. Like this was how I lived. I understand what it's like to be skinny fat. What I also know, Mark, is that there's a lot of people out there who who want to get out of it, who want to fix it, who want to change it, and it's absolutely possible. Therefore, uh, mate, you're not. We're, we're not trying to shame anyone. We're here. We're we're trying to help people, and and a lot of what you said, a lot of people might resonate with. Let's first understand how do, how do we get in that situation, mate? How do we get to that situation that you've described? Yeah, so there's a, a few things here, Marcus. So seeing as we just started out with the diet, typically, Marcus, it's a low-protein diet. Like when you go back to the cause of being skinny fat, it's having a lack of muscle across your body. And obviously, we know that protein is one of the building blocks of actually having lean muscle tissue. Yeah. But yet, a lot of people who were skinny fat markets, as I said, they're, they're not necessarily overweight. And you might analyze their day and they might say, I'm eating healthy. I'm not sure why I look this way. And technically, they may not necessarily be wrong. You know, because they might be having the porridge for breakfast with a banana. It could be soup and a bit of soda bread for lunch. Okay, there might be, you know, a bar to it on, on the go there while they commute home from work. But then by the time they, the typical worker gets home and they have their dinner marks at five, six o'clock, that tends to be the only meal of the day with actually a lean source of protein, whether that's chicken, whether that's beef, steak, whatever is cooking. So they might end the day, you know, a guy 80 kilos who, who might need upwards of 150 grams of protein with just 50 grams of protein max for that full day. And yet, if you were to, you know, to be fair, that's not necessarily an unhealthy diet, but it's a low protein diet. Mm. So that's probably the leading contributor. And then the second one, an excessive amount of cardio. And, and I know you're big into cardio and I've no, I I love cardio too, Mark, I genuinely do. Um, not as much endurance work as you, but I have run a marathon before and I really do implement it into my training. But it's an excessive amount and overemphasis of cardio, cardio while neglecting strength training. That's the key. It's not that you got to cut out cardio, but when you're doing it in the absence of strength training, as we know, cardio is great for burning calories, but strength training is fantastic for building muscle. Mm. And if you lack muscle in the first point, that is where the strength in the gym work will really come in. So I would say those two things, the, pro, the, um, the, the low protein diet, yeah. and a lack of emphasis on actually lifting weight. Let's stick on the protein for, for a minute here, Adrian. Protein's expensive. Is one of the biggest sort of, I think it's a bullshit excuse, mate, but it's one of the biggest sort of excuses or things we hear around when we say to people, you know, eat more protein. We see a lot of, you know, brown food is quite cheap, whereas protein is is more expensive. How do you get around that, mate? You you work with a lot of clients, you've transformed yourself, you know, you 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 work on this a lot. How do you get people protein and talk to us a little bit about also good quality protein? Yeah, so first of all, protein being expensive, I think that's pretty much a myth. Like when you actually if you were to if you were to analyze the cost of buying a lunch out versus prepping your own 
Yeah. You would probably prep three times the amount for one lunch. Yeah. So let's just debunk that myth first of all. Now that protein is as accessible as ever, but the problem is not all protein stores are created equal. And you know, there's, as you said, the diet culture now, like you see these protein branded cereals, you know, I saw protein Weedabix and <laughs> um, you see like protein bars, you see um, protein, protein cereal bars. And okay, if, if you wanted to get 30 grams of protein from a chicken fillet, that would cost you roughly what? 120, 130 calories. Mm. If you wanted to get 30 grams of protein from some of these protein cereals, you'd have to eat four or 500 calories. Yeah. So the type of protein you consume, you want the ratio of protein to calories to be in your favor. And the leaner source of protein tend to have a lot of protein, high in protein, but are lower in calories. Right. So that's where your white meat, your turkey, your chicken, your white fish, your cod really comes in. Your leaner meats, your lean steak, your beef, your salmon. What are these whole ingredients that are great grandparents? Decades, generations ago would have been eaten. Yeah. And try to model those kind of protein foods as much as possible. Eggs. I know you're a big proponent of paleo and you know a lot of those protein sources there like they've lived true to this day for a reason so i'd be saying for anyone who has typically four meals a day let's get at least two of those let's get at least two of those where we're getting them for more whole foods like the lean meats like the eggs like the th those proteins that we spoke about and then some other options you know maybe fat-free yogurt protein powders if you get a good brand there um, they can all be beneficial, but one of the simplest and most effective ways to increase protein is to just add more to what you're already having. Yeah. Like, it annoys me that people, I, I look at their, we're able to see, um, you know, in their MyFitnessPal, how many grams of protein they're having at dinner and so on. And it's like 100 grams of protein sometimes, maybe starting out, and five, 400 grams of the Irish potato, everyone's favorite. <laughs> Can we just skew those ratios slightly higher? So just double the amount of protein. Keep your potatoes if you want, but let's just at least double our, po our protein um, size so we're getting more in there at dinner, at lunch, at breakfast, at all the place. It's often a lot of sort of training the stomach creature of habit as well, mate, and what people have been used to having. So you, it's a great example there. And let's keep it Irish. Let's keep it on potatoes. You know, if we've generally eaten a lot of a carbohydrate, there has to be a period of sort of, yes, increase the protein, but if we want to reduce in another area, because generally people will start to feel full. I think a lot, what I'm saying here is a lot of time, that transition and the fact that if we are, when when we eat protein, like I'll eat, I'll eat steak for, for dinner at three nights a week, sometimes four nights a week if I'm, if I'm feeling it and that if it's a decent amount of protein or a decent sized steak and it's a good cut it will sit with me and fuel me for a number of hours mate it won't whereas if we're eating a lot of carbohydrate we actually when we're satiated in the moment but we'll get hungry again a lot faster absolutely I, like it's 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 one of the simplest and most effective ways to just actually improve someone's improve someone's lifestyle, help them drop weight, help them drop fat. 
no one really ever got overweight. Let's agree in this from eating too many chicken breasts or chicken fillets or lean protein sources. It's what okay. you're having with them. Yeah. And even like with the, you know, the boiled potatoes, the rice, they're all fine. But it's, again, it's how they're cooked. It's the oils, it's the butter. That's what makes them so simple and easy to eat. Yeah. So um, even the order that you eat your food can be important. And if your plate, if you, okay, you have your potatoes, you have your rice, pick your carb there. If you leave that to last and let's get the protein, let's get the veggies in first. Why? You probably won't have as much of a, a of an appetite for those carbs come the end. Explain to us the science behind that, mate. How does that actually yeah. work? Um, it's it's just the, the type of food, the type of food. It's not just what you what you eat, but it's what you absorb. And some foods are more satiating or filling than others. And particularly when it pertains to fat loss, three things are so important. Fiber, protein, and water intake. Because those foods tend to keep you fuller for longer and keep you more satiated. So knowing that to be true then, let's just look at your plate. Imagine your plate's a clock, okay? You want from 12 to 20 to be a lean source of protein from maybe um, 20 past until the quarter two to have your veggies and then if you want that final quarter two to the o'clock for your for your carbs so so be it but if you prioritize the protein and the veggies there first it's going to keep you fuller for longer you're getting tons of you know vitamins minerals in and you're still having your carbs it's just it's the ratio again like we spoke about at the start it's the ratio and the amount that you have of each it's interesting because one thing that a friend of mine always gives me a hard time about is eating in what I call combinations. So it's quite graphic, mate, but we're, we're here, so we'll stay here. We're on the plate. Yeah, We've got the, I, I love, uh, when you're saying that, I'm visualizing it 12 till 20 past, 20 past till quarter two, quarter two till the end. So we can, we know how to put our plate. But what I love, mate, is I love a little bit of the steak, a little bit of the potato and a little bit of the salad all on the fork way too much holly's like you've got so much on your fork I'm like mate calm down and the taste of and i think i know where this comes from i've worked a lot to try and figure it out and i think it genuinely comes from when i was in boarding school we we had to eat everything on the plate and therefore the stuff because in boarding school they would always destroy the vegetables so that's what you know it, it i didn't mind vegetables as a kid at home but at boarding school when the cauliflower is like soggy still got water on it you have to use the potato and the mince to try you know you put it all together to get it in your mouth and i think i've trained like that for so long that i just love to eat in combination so your your way of going sort of protein then into your vegetables uh, i'm i'm freaking out <laughs> Honestly, honestly, there is, I, I'm not educating anyone on how to freaking finish your food. At the end of the day, total calories will be the most. If you're getting that on your plate, the order in which you eat it, it's like it's like people saying, I, I want to lose fat. What are the best supplements and fat burners? With? Yeah. Okay, let's actually start you out by just eating more protein, moving more, exercising more, and we can worry about the small micros at the end there. And by the way, I absolutely love that. <laughs> I love combining food there. <laughs> Do you? you get a dinner, you have to have at least one bite where every different ingredient <laughs> is present on that fork and stuffed into your mouth. So, amen, Marcus. I'm with you on that. <laughs>
<laughs> but I, I, I think it's, it is super interesting, mate. It's one, of, it's one of the biggest things that I'm seeing, and that's why I'm enjoying you backing up some of the stuff that I've put out recently. <laughs> to be honest, mate, you're doing me a massive favour. But the amount of protein that people eat, and the quality of protein that people eat in, I think, the modern era is deteriorating massively and you said it so clearly mate and 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 it's interesting how do i get rid of skinny fat we've spoken for the last 15 minutes just about protein and the quality of protein we haven't made it any more complicated than anything else of course you you've mentioned about sources but it's it's really a lot of it is rooted in in the amounts of protein which is it's actually quite crazy how simple the fix is uh, like honestly, I think sometimes people just try to to make it sound more complicated than it is. Like, look, a, a, another simple way to see as we're on the topic is skinny fat. And as I mentioned, typically people who are skinny fat, Mar- Marcus, they're not necessarily overweight. Mm. So you're probably wondering how many grams of protein should I eat a day? I always like to aim high, reach for the stars. You still might get to the moon. So I would say whatever your body weight is in kilos, just double that. 75 kilos that's double that is 150 grams yeah and then how many meals do you have in a day typically most people have three meals and one snack okay so let's just say we need to get 150 grams of protein across four meals divide that by four and you're roughly talking 35 40 grams of protein per meal right what does that look like in action breakfast it could be some eggs there with uh, protein with your porridge or greek yogurt lunch it could be a salad dinner you've got your meat there and then for for a little treat um you know greek yogurt as i said is a good one protein powders that's where those blends can really be helpful just to make up the remainder but it's so simple in practice but i guess you know um there there's other this is our area of expertise and and there's stuff that i certainly don't know in other areas that uh, someone else might tell me is, is just really simple to execute so that's why uh, that's why there's professionals in every field markets. The only thing that you've mentioned a few times that obviously I don't love, Adrian, is your yogurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what I will say is zero percent fat. Um, and I know you're. I know with the paleo there. Again, compared to what? Like compared to compared to having a protein cereal, it's probably better. Compared yep. to having a lean source of steak, it's probably not as good. Yeah. yeah. But again, like everything, you know, if it, you, you can certainly include these foods in, in moderation and still look, feel and perform the way you want to. Yeah, it's it's interesting, mate, because whilst I, I still believe due to the role that lactase has in the body yeah. and the way that that enzyme works or stops working, I still believe that to a certain extent, everyone is has a certain amount of lactose intolerance however sure, yeah. if i i think it's like 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 you said adrian if if you're you know there's there's some people that have a have a great physique feel great might even have a six pack and 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 perform super well and you know they're they're having a greek yogurt or they're they're having some cheese and it doesn't affect them and there's other people who are not in Absolutely. good shape and don't feel good with dairy but that like even when they remove it that's not that it doesn't put them in great shape so it is i'm I'm with you mate it's a little bit sort of down to down to the individual and having that awareness around what works and what doesn't really work for you 
Yeah, to, to be honest, in my own personal diet, my preference is primarily whole foods, eggs, meats, lean proteins. Yeah. And I'll only dip into like protein powders and Greek yogurts if I feel I'm falling short for that day. But again, right. um, just for the masses, I feel, you know, what we're speaking about here, generally, these are all just general principles. There's a lot of different methods, but if you understand the principles, you can pick your, your own methods. Yeah, and I like what you said as well there adrian is that there's some things like it's like okay after dinner am i gonna have a mars bar ice cream or am i gonna have a scoop of or a couple of scoops of 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 a greek yogurt which is which is the worst you know and that, i think we can apply that logic and so long as we don't apply a vanilla ice cream compared to a chocolate ice cream and start to compare the calories in each which i've seen people do mate i think we're in a good place like it's got to be a different sort of food comparison right yeah for sure yeah the food group there um and yeah <laughs> that's another whole rant that we can go on there marcus <laughs> this is why i like podcasts though because you know what instagram it reels it's like it's gotta be inside 30 or 60 yeah. seconds and people, it's all about attention but at least on on podcasts and youtube and stuff you can go in a bit more detail we can do that mate let's go to the second point you made because it's something i've also done a show on recently which was strength training talk us through your own personal experience first adrian did you start when you realized you were in this sort of state of skinny fat you realized that there wasn't enough strength training or what what's your sort of relationship with it how did it start and how does how does it look like now um how did it start yeah it, it was really a case that i was just very cardio dominant from just doing ba and in my own sport like contact sport i know you would have played rugby as well obviously mm. physicality does come into play and as any athlete you want that fine combination of strength and speed but I'd be lying if I was saying it was just for athletic purposes that I wanted to lift weights. I was also a college kid. I wanted to get more girls and obviously having more <laughs> muscle does, does help. Hey, we've got to be honest right, here. Well, you need but, to get laid, get paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so how I started out was I got a I got a gym membership for that summer. And thankfully, I, I was, you know, like a lot of people intimidated markets by going to the gym and I just would have done what I was able to. So I would have ran the treadmill or done the rower, done the done the elliptical, any of these kind of cardio based machines. And thankfully a coach, he reached out to me, he gave me a very basic two day week plan. And I just did that four times a week. Um, I just did each session twice. Right. And even though it was very, very simple and very, very basic. Martin or Marcus, the, the boring, the basic, the fundamental work, that is what would actually get you started. Yeah. So I think starting out, if you can like get a coach or get someone there to instruct you in the type of exercises and placing a bigger emphasis on compound lifts. Compound means they work more than one one uh, muscle group at once. So for example, something like a a squat or a deadlift. Like a technically a squat might be a back exercise or a, a leg exercise or your mm. quad exercise, but it can also work your glutes, partly your hamstrings, strengthen your core, your low back. Deadlift, you know, um, chin-ups, all of these are exercises which they work more than one muscle group because I would have made the mistake going to the gym where you see a lot of people now and they're just doing like bicep curls starting out. like. Man, if you just get better at doing chin-ups and actually inverted rows and just carrying your own body weight, your biceps will indirectly grow. But you're yeah. focusing too much on the, the wrong type of exercise. So 
that is where the right exercise selection I feel does come in and then as you become more advanced you can obviously add progressions but like everything just start out with the basics I like that mate because it's (laughs) this is why we're having a good conversation right and this is why Brian introduced us. Thanks to Brian. Folks, go and check out Brian Keen Fitness. I was recently on his show. I need to get him back on. It's been a year since I spoke to him about his uh, ayahuasca. Need to... You were on like three or three, if not four times. Yeah, I've been on a I few times. You yeah. must... Uh... <laughs> Mate, it's my Irish heritage, you see, and the fact that I'm now an Irish passport holder as well. I, I, have, uh, I have to work for the country. So... <laughs> <laughs> you're one of us i'm one of you guys but i i, I like what you said there as well adrian and, and and this is why this is a great conversation because the strength training that you spoke about is practical people are looking for you know you you haven't spoken about sets and reps you haven't you spoke about the the frequency a couple of times a week or or what have you but you're not your, your first port of call is not sets or reps your first port of call is how is this exercise having a broad impact on my body? That, that's what we're saying, as opposed to, like you said, a bicep curl, a pull-up, because that's activating so many more muscle groups. So it's super practical. Have you always... I mean, for me, mate, this is, this is all low-lying fruit, which no one eats from. Is that something that you've sort of... I, I don't mean to make you sound basic, mate, because I, I love the direction. But it's, it's, you're focusing a lot and you're getting great results with yourself and with people from a lot of the low-lying fruit. So what's that really saying? Well, when you think about it, Marcus, like when we spoke about nutrition there and, and what kind of foods were great-grandparents eating hundreds of years ago? And, and if you still follow those principles right through to this day, yeah, you, you wouldn't be going too far wrong. Now, you look at... You look at strength training, how it's evolved. Yeah. You know, back back, back in the day when it all started, and what were those fundamental, those compound lifts? And honestly, I feel most people will just get fantastic results if they repeated 15 to 20 exercises consistently over the period of their lift. And like, you, you can then add variety there as well. Like, you know, it could be, you might start out with an elevated deadlift, and then you put the barbell on the floor and then you do a deficit deadlift where you're standing on the block and now you're adding more complexity to it. Yeah. You could do a squat, but you could do a box squat. You could do a front squat. You could pause at the bottom. You're still training the fundamental movement. And if you focus on the fundamental movements, the muscles that you train then will carry through. So that's why I think if you really focus on those those main compound lifts and just add a lot of variety and then add in your whatever your accessory work there too. Of course, that's important, but it, it's hard to just speak to the masses. But I think these are some principles which a lot of people would get benefit from following. I agree, mate. I'm totally, totally on the same page as you. I think people, when it comes to nutrition, and, and again, our main point on nutrition was focusing on the quality of food that you're eating and increasing your amount of protein yes you've you've mentioned calories but that's not that's not the focus and you're what you're doing is you're you're a transformation coach you're transforming people through some of these basic principles which you've said two or three times are what was my grandma doing what was my great grandma doing and you're following that and 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 it's working which is absolutely beautiful mate 
and how I heard somebody else put it, it really just helped paint the picture home for a lot of people. I'd always ask them, you know, Marcus, have you ever eaten four apples in a row? I don't think I have, mate. No. You probably you probably haven't, but I bet at some stage now, even in your adolescence, you've probably had four slices of pizza in a row. <laughs> now, how come you've no problem eating four slices of pizza, even though technically there are less calories in an apple? So it's not just the type of food, but uh, it's the makeup, the micronutrients of the food. Amazing. And that's just why big, big believer in, in whole foods, single ingredient, nutrient dense foods. Look, feel and perform good. Like, because I fell into the trap of when I started out watching a lot of these YouTubers vlog and deceivingly having a six pack yet it, it appeared like all they were eating is pop tarts and cereal. <laughs> So for anyone out there, you can look good, but you mightn't necessarily feel good. Yeah, yeah. And what's the point of looking good if you don't feel good on the inside? Hundred percent, mate. I think that's. And and that's we huge. all know, we all know what type of foods make us feel good. Yeah. That's why is this decision I'm about to make is it giving me short term gratification or long term gain? And always try to think, and when you're eating, with how you're going to feel thirty minutes after the meal. I like it. And is the juice worth the squeeze? Sometimes it might be, and sometimes you just got to push the plate away and say no. Mate, you went into teaching. You're a primary school teacher. You've now taken this knowledge that you've put over in such a beautiful way over the last sort of 40 minutes, and you are a online transformation coach I, I i giggle to myself the first time and and this might be might be my problem mate but it's your surname but when i see your site mclifestyle fitness i immediately think of mcdonald's and i think it's so cool that you're making people the absolute opposite of what mcdonald's makes people so, so. i don't know if <laughs> now, anyone's ever said that before mate <laughs> no no one has ever said that before but Massive insult. One then. of my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves as a student, yeah. and even as a teacher as well. So my surname is my surname is spelled with two N's and two L's. Yes. M C D O N and E L L. Whereas obviously, as we know, McDonald's is M C D O N A L D S. And some people would still call me Adrian McDonald or Mister McDonald when it's no actually way. McDonald's. So no yeah, way. yeah. <laughs> Well, we've got McLifestyle Go Fitness, mate. Tell us how you got into that. What made you move from your primary school teaching into being a transformation coach? I don't even like, yeah, like a transformation coach. It definitely is part of it with, with the image there, but it, it's more so just even about lifestyle too and actually making it stick. Yeah. And that's just something that, you know, you really want to instill permanency in something that people can adhere to long term. But how it all started, obviously just being able to see the results that I was able to achieve with myself. After I finished college, Marcus, I went on a, we went for, me and my mates, we went to America for the summer for 12 weeks. Right. And we went to Muscle Beach in LA, obviously one of the, you know, one of the most world-renowned places for, yeah. for bodybuilders and lifting. but. For me, that just planted a seed. Before I ever taught a day, I saw these people lifting and, and lifting weights and working out. And that was their job. Right. And I was just so like skeptical, like, yeah, but what do you really do? 
And I, I was so ignorant to it, I never even realized that it was possible to do something like that, do something you love for a living. No way. So before I ever taught officially as a day as a teacher, I'm like, instead of saying I can't do it, better way to phrase is how. How can I do that? Right. And that's where then just, again, as I said, education is everything. So I just got my certification. I would have taught you in the day, coach people in the gym at night and wow. just built up my in-person in-person business initially. So wow. my days would have been quite long. You have to really put the hours in at the start. It yeah. was a bit stressful. But then with COVID, with the pandemic, it did force me to transition from just solely in-person coaching in the evening to online coaching and thankfully i use covid it, it helped it helped me in, in the sense that with the time off i wasn't just watching netflix i said <laughs> okay i'm gonna double down on this and see this as an opportunity to get better myself so yeah. i invested in mentorship invested in coaching invested in myself so that by the time i returned back to school the following september six months after the schools initially closed I just had to teach for effectively another three three to four odd months up until Christmas before I left my permanent job to to go fully online and thankfully I haven't looked back to look back ever since. What do you do then, mate? Like you're you're coaching, you're helping people, you've had a history of lots of chocolate, of getting to this point where, you know, yeah, I'm skinny fat. How do you keep I don't think it's keep motivated, but how do you keep taking care of yourself? What are maybe some of the things, aside from what we've spoken about, that you really follow or what we know more as sort of non-negotiables that you think are important yeah. to maintaining the lifestyle that you have? Yeah, it's it's really like compiling a list of what are some of the things that make you happy and what gives you fulfillment and try to do more of those every single day. I love having conversations like this. I love um, I love spending time with like-minded people. I love coaching clients and helping people out, but I also need to take care of myself too. And some ways that I like to do that. So obviously, like um, nutrition, food is huge in this. Like how you how you eat is going to dictate how you feel and how you perform. So I do fuel my body properly, but also exercise. For me, you know, a lot of it is the physical benefits are rewarding, but it's just the mentality, it's the discipline a bit. So I always, I exercise, do some form of activity every single day. Nice. And then just like other things like reading, again, you're feeding the mind with good information, um, small bit of visualization maybe here and there, or some people like to meditate. I, I, meditation slash visualization, even five minutes in the morning, just shutting your eyes, blocking things out, um, all of those things personally help me help me um, stay stay active and stay alert so I can help others. That's cool. We have somehow got to this deep in the conversation, almost 45 minutes in, mate. We've not mentioned the minority groups. We haven't spoken about the vegans. We haven't spoken about, you know, a lot of different eating ways and I don't really want to dwell on them. My question is, however, we've seen a lot of fad diets, ways of eating come and, and die out a little bit in the over the last sort of five to ten years. We've seen juice detoxes, which were probably not really around 10 or 15 years ago. You know, veganism took a, a, a big 
got way too much media attention. Let's just leave it at that. A few years back, now like you can't find a vegan, but still, there's a lot of stuff that's come and gone. Is is is, is what I'm saying. Looking forward to the next five or ten years, and knowing what we did touch on a little bit there, Adrian, that. We've got more obesity than ever before. We've got higher death rates from diabetes than we have from pretty much any other disease on the planet right now. Where do you think, where are we going? Are people going to do what you said? Are people going to go back to what the grandmothers were preparing? Are people going to go back to the way that maybe you could say I eat, the Paleolithic way, Paleo way, a caveman diet? What do you, what do you think's coming for us? It's... It, that's a it's such a great question and to be fair like most people know what to do market yeah if you're being honest with yourself yeah. most people know what to do big time most people know that in general the piece of fruit or the vegetable is going to be a better option than the donut yeah so therefore it's not necessarily through lack of knowledge it's an identity shift that people really need who are you? What kind of person do you want to become? And just aligning your actions and thinking of what a person or modeling someone who matches your ambitions and thinking of what they would do. And James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, he had a great story of a guy who lost over a hundred pounds. Yeah. Lost over a hundred pounds in six months. Yeah. And the way he did it was, it wasn't grueling sessions. It wasn't doing burpees. Instead of doing one 30-minute workout a day or a, a 30-minute workout a week, he got him to show up to the gym six days a week for five minutes. What did that do? He mastered the art of showing up. Yeah. He built consistency. So really what it comes down to, I feel, with, with a lot of it's just consistency. Mm. Getting started is the hard point. And if we can just help people build these habits... Build the habits. And it doesn't have to be that it might just be protein at every single meal for someone. It could, for someone else, it could be going for a 10 minute walk a day, hitting 8,000 steps. Yeah. For, for, I know for your listeners, they're more advanced. You know, that's where you really want to dive into the micronutrients, the type of food, um, and really fueling your body properly. But we can all get 1% better. And it just depends where you are in that ladder and what that 1% looks like for you. But if you make that identity shift, who do you want to become? What type of person do you want to be? And then align your actions with those ambitions. That is how you make this permanent and that is how you make it stick. I love it. Hey, it's so true. I thought you were going to tell me the next fad of something-ism, but you've nailed it. You've absolutely nailed it because these fads are gonna come they're gonna go some aggressive marketing's gonna jump out some bullshit netflix documentaries gonna pop up and if you don't really know who you are what you want to become and what makes you look feel and perform better on a daily basis you'll probably dabble into those things but if you are crystal clear and you have some pretty decent self-awareness which is what we talk about a lot on the show then you'll just these things will just come and they'll not even phase you will they i love it i love it absolutely i what you said times 10 
Amen, Marcus. I was just reflecting. I was just wrapping up what you said, mate. Yeah. That's absolutely brilliant. Adrian, we've been going for nearly an hour, mate, which is awesome. This is not the last time we will talk. I really appreciate you, your insights and and, and what you're doing. Where should people go to, to check out and, and maybe read a bit more or interact with you? Um, probably my Instagram might be the best platform, Marcus. So my Instagram, it's Mac Lifestyle Fitness. So MC Lifestyle Fitness. And, and there you'll see links to my podcast um, and whatnot. But just Instagram is probably the, the best platform. And Marcus, before I go, I want to say appreciate you. Big fan of your Inner Fight podcast. I heard you first in Brian Kane. Brian Kane's one probably five years ago whenever your first appearance. And just so inspiring. Thank you. Your backstory all of those grueling races you've put yourself through. I mean, it's just phenomenal um, what you've accomplished and really inspiring to me as well. So Thanks, thank man. you. I told you already that many grueling runner, you know, those, it's the hardest part about running is the freaking first mile or two and just getting the <laughs> mileage and getting the blood flow in the legs. But just even listening to you speak, it's like, as, as Brian calls it, Marcus Mode. It, it has really helped. So you've been really inspiring. Thank and uh, I just want to thank you for, for all the great content you put out and keep doing what you're doing as well. It's awesome, man. Thanks a lot, mate. I appreciate it. And uh, I will share, we'll stick all that stuff in the show notes so that folks can, can reach out to Adrian. But definitely, mate, as we do, as I do with Brian, I think we should make this an annual thing. That's for sure. I think yeah. I am. I might be moving to Dubai potentially as ah. well in September. So maybe we might get a chance to, to, to do something in person. As long as you don't put me through a 30 mile run in the desert, I, I should be able to survive. Well, mate, <laughs> most of my initial meetings with people involve, uh, if you want to, if you're serious about having a meeting, we go for a run first or a workout first. But So it's lucky okay. you're, you're in Ireland, mate. <laughs> but we could do that. We could do it. In I'll the... be well fueled for it. I'll be well <laughs> yeah. fueled for it. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot on fueling that people can, can, can learn here, mate. So I hope you, I hope you keep that in mind when you come over here for a workout. It'll be brilliant. But uh, Adrian, good. thank you so much, mate. Massively appreciate you, and uh, hopefully we all see you soon in Dubai. Thanks, Marcus. Pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me on.